Welcome back to the Big Apple Baseball Podcast. Liam Godmer here alongside my good friend and co-host Will Peshek. It's been a little while since we've been here on the Big Apple Baseball Podcast, but we have a lot of Mets and Yankees news to get through. And certainly on the Yankees sides, both on the trade wire uh, and what happened during the series against the Angels, because that was absolutely bonkers and they only played two games. Let's start off with the Mets. And the Mets, you know, they had that lead in the National League East for a very long time. You know, there were four, five games up at times, you know, going back into last month. But lately, after a couple series against Philadelphia and Washington, where they failed to really take the bull by the horn and beat the teams they have to beat, now they only sit two games up. And shockingly, it's the Washington Nationals who have spent the majority of the year in the basement in the National League East outside of the Miami Marlins that are making this push. And Will, I know that this is a Mets and Yankees podcast, but I just want to put this out there. Kyle Schwarber is on an entirely different planet. It started when I was at Nationals Park to watch the final game of the three games set between the Mets and the Nationals. And Kyle Schwarber hit three home runs. And that stadium went absolutely ballistic. And, you know, I thought that's great. It's a milestone moment. Kyle Schwarber has been known uh, to be a home run or bust type of guy while he is at the dish. Well, he took that opinion and absolutely threw it out the window because since then he has just built on that streak. And now he sits with 25 home runs and he's looking like the guy that might just, you know, have the most home runs in the entire league. But, Will, let's start with the Mets. They come off a 20-2 loss last night to the Atlanta Braves. They win game one in heroic fashion after a James McCann three-run homer late. They get the win on my birthday, and now today uh, is the rubber match. But, Will, what do you see about the Mets? Are you concerned with this little skit? They're six games over 500. They have a two-game lead over Washington. And if you look at the next closest team, it is the Atlanta Braves, who the Mets are playing tonight. So they could pull within three and a half, and Washington can pull within a game if they can win tomorrow with a Mets loss tonight. So what's your concern level with the Mets? I'm not that concerned, but the pitching and the injuries – are taking a hit, and now we're just relying on Marcus Stroman, Jacob DeGrom, and Tyjon Walker, and not much else. Well, here's the problem with the New York Mets. Um, the players that they have playing currently are not susceptible um, to be trotted out on, on a major league field. And that's with all the no disrespect to the guys that they have running out, the Billy McKinney's of the world, it's caught up to them. And they need their top flight players back. And your top flight players have to play like top flight players. You cannot have Marcus Stroman, Pitt, uh, I'm sorry, Michael Conforto and Jeff McNeil not hitting well right now. They need to be at the top of their game. Conforto's had a terrible year. He's a free agent. Lindor has to be better. He, he got hot for a stretch, but he's cooled down a little bit. Um the pitching gave up 20 runs to the Braves, who are a, a below 500 baseball team. Offense is not their problem. It's always been their pitching. Liam, I'm asking you, what do you think is the problem here? Obviously, injuries have been the problem a majority of the year, right? And Michael Conforto and Jeff McNeil were the two biggest names to really go out and be, you know, injured for a long period of time. And they finally got both of them back. And you're right, Will. Conforto has struggled. McNeil has struggled. In my opinion, I think Conforto looks closer to getting out of his slump than McNeil is. McNeil just 
it, you know, it's been a struggle for him all season. He comes back from the hamstring injury. You know, he's a little bit hesitant, you know, to run out ground balls or to really, you know, leg out a double if he hits one because of coming back with, from that hamstring injury. Same thing happens with Conforto. But right now, two of their best hitters came back into a lineup that is already not hitting. That's an issue. And I think they got to get everyone healthy. They got to get Brandon Nimmo back. They got to get J.D. Davis back. And they got to see what this team can do when they are 100%. I'm not going to put the blame on Billy McKinney. I'm not going to put the blame on Jose Peraza because they provided some good moments and provided value when at a time the lineup didn't provide any value. So with the hitting, I can give it a break with the pitching. It's not really a lack of performance as much as it is injuries and not in the injuries in the way that you might expect. Marcus Stroman went out with a hip issue. He made his next start and then he got pulled three to four innings in because he got absolutely shellacked by the Phillies last Sunday. But of course his grandma uh, did pass away earlier in the week. So the Mets placed him on the bereavement list. He's taking his time with his family, trying to recoup after that tragic loss. So that's certainly understandable, but the timing isn't necessarily great. And that's nothing against Stroman uh, or his late grandmother, but it's just, it's just the way it is. David Peterson, he has struggled all season. He left last night's game in the fourth inning, obviously a lost game all around losing 20 to two, but you lose Peterson who was the number five guy in that rotation. So suddenly Peterson is out and you have Stroman who's out. Carrasco is on his way back, but he still needs a couple more weeks. Syndergaard's not throwing for another four weeks, so we might not see this rotation come into full force until after the All-Star break. So, Will, my answer to your question is for right now, the Mets do need their players to play like their top players, but they just need to get to the All-Star break. Because after the All-Star break, that's when I think the Mets will really turn it on because that's when the bats get a chance to rest a little bit. McNeil and Conforto get a chance to rest their hamstrings. You get J.D. Davis and Brandon Nimmo back into baseball activities. And then you have a rotation that just added two top flight pitchers in Noah Syndergaard and Carlos Carrasco. I'm not worried right now, but if you're the Mets, you cannot relinquish this division lead before the all-star break and two games is mighty thin which means this series against the Braves the last game tonight and the subsequent series against the New York Yankees they're must wins uh for the Mets but that's where I stand on them right now I'm not too concerned but if they lose their division lead come the all-star break then I'm concerned Liam you're gonna have no issues beating the Yankees you're not gonna have an issue I hope not (laughs) flat out sucks you want to know something too I don't I don't waste my time anymore with that team. I don't. I don't I don't waste my time and say, you know what? Instead of going out and hanging out, I'm going to watch the Yankees. I don't do that because the team sucks. The Mets are going to win two out of three. I think they sweep to be quite honest with you. I really do. And you know what, Liam? I'll say it again, and I'll say it again, and I'll say it again. You lose six in a row to your rival, the Boston Red Sox. You can't beat the Rays. You can't beat the Blue Jays. Where's the embarrassment here? You lose the series to the Mets. The team that Yankees called the little brother in New York, you got to fire somebody. And they just had an interview with Hal Steinbrenner today getting the vote of confidence, saying how it's on the players, which he is correct. But the players that are here are not performing. But yes, Tim LaCastro hitting 178, he is the answer. 
And he if, is the answer. And if you didn't know, uh, Tim LaCrastro, uh, outfielder, center fielder uh, for the Arizona Diamondbacks, was traded to the Yankees earlier today for a double-A relief pitcher. But, Will, I texted you when it happened. Tim LaCrastro is in the 100th percentile uh, of sprint speed. He's got a 100 rating in sprint speed. So you know what? Maybe you got another Tyler Wade on your hands. <laughs> As if you needed another Tyler Wade, right, Will? It, but you know what? I will say this in game one against the Los Angeles angels, that was impressive by the Yankees. You know what? They get down early. The angels show that they're capable of putting forth a lot of runs, but then the Yankees just blow them out of the building. They beat them 11 to five, including a four run second inning, a five run fourth inning and a one run sixth inning. So, you know what? The offense is coming alive. Will. And now it all just comes down to the pitching. And if it's not the starters, it's the relievers. And if it's not the relievers, it's the starters. But I want to hone in on one reliever in particular, the closer for the New York Yankees. Obviously, the Yankees win on my birthday, 11-5. to The next day, which was yesterday, they had a lead, Will. And two rain delays later, you get to the ninth inning, an opportunity to put the Los Angeles Angels away. No Shohei Otani, no Mike Trout. And it's a Raldis Chapman trying to protect a four-run lead. And he walks the bases loaded. How do you do that? I mean, we could talk about the grand slam all you want because home runs happen, especially against pitchers like Chapman. But you can't put yourself in that situation. If somebody hits a solo home run against you, big deal. You're still up three runs. But if you lose your control and you walk people, well, you're asking for trouble. And I don't know about you. And I'll, I'll get your point on this real quick. After Chapman gave up that home run, before Jared Walsh was even rounding third base, Aaron Boone was coming out of the dugout, taking out Araldis Chapman. He's seen this movie before, and I know you have as a Yankees fan. What I do you didn't think? even watch it, to be quite honest with you. I went to bed because I was so tired. To be fair, I, I, also, I also went to bed. <laughs> I didn't even watch a single inning of Yankee baseball at all in the past two weeks or so. I just, I, I just can't do it. I can't. I physically and mentally cannot watch this team anymore. Ah, well, well, you know, from a Mets fan and from somebody who's experienced a lot of losing in his day, you just got to stick with it because as bad as the Yankees are right now, they still can make the playoffs. Will only five and a half back in the wild card, eight and a half back in the division. So, you know, but what's your thoughts on Chapman specifically, even if you didn't watch, you know, if you look at his last couple opportunities, I remember two instances one against the Chicago White Sox, once against the Oakland A's, where he gave up runners on first and second with nobody out and was bailed out by a triple play to win the game. Twice. Twice in one season with the same pitcher on the mound in the ninth inning. I saw him go to Minnesota and give up a two-run homer to Josh Donaldson and in a walk-off two-run homer to Nelson Cruz. And now I saw this last night. Will, even if you guys make the playoffs, if you're Aaron Boone, do you put him in a high-leverage situation? I don't. I put Jonathan Loizaga in there. Because it can't, can't really get any worse. I don't even care. I'm like, ah. Uh... Well, well, you know, Liam, I'm, sports, telling you, yeah. I'm telling you, they need to rebuild. And I don't mean rebuild like the Orioles are doing. They need to just get rid of the players that they don't have a future here. The Lucas Lickies, the Chapmans, I'm sorry for Urshela or Voigt. Those guys have got to go because the Yankees, with the way this team is constructed, 
is poorly constructed. It has worked in the past. It will not work now. Pitchers are getting better, and they're only going to get better. Let's take a look at the teams around Major League Baseball. The Boston Red Sox have three power hitters. Devers, Bogarts, Martinez. Who's around them? Contact hitters who can run the bases and have a little bit of pop. Verdugo is a contact hitter. He has the pop to hit a home run, right? Then you have a guy like a Bobby Dahlback who's there. Um, more names in that outfield. Danny Santana is there. Kiki Hernandez is there. Look at the race, for example. Meadows is a power bat. So you don't need to have one through nine, 40 home runs in one through nine. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Have it a base hit on the right side. I'm sorry, but Tim LaCastro does not provide anything. He's a, he's a less expensive Tyler Wade who has more experience in the big leagues and has had a decent career in the major leagues. Well, a major, a major, this team has to turn it around and they need to turn it around by getting rid of the players that have no home here. Like the bullpen pieces have got to go. And if the Yankees are so afraid to go over the luxury tax, get rid of the stupid, 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 stupid rule of the luxury tax. You're the New York Yankees. There's no reason to be under the luxury tax. Go over it. If you have to go over to win a World Series, go over the luxury tax. There is no reason why. You mentioned earlier in your take that you watched the press conference with Hal Steinbrenner and heard what he had to say, you know, about the future of the Yankees. And, Will, I watched it too. And you know what I kind of got from it? You know the vibe I got from it? I got the vibe that Steinbrenner believes that they can still win this thing. I got a vibe of optimism. And, Will, I don't know any Yankee fan or any person in Yankee management who can look at this situation and be optimistic. You have the Boston Red Sox. Well, the Boston Red Sox right now look like a better team than they were in 2018 when they won the World Series. Seriously, they've won six in a row. They're 19 games over 500, and they're three games up on second place Tampa Bay. Well, you also wrote off Tampa Bay. They're 13 games over. They might be falling off a little bit. They've lost their last three games, including a couple to the Washington Nationals. Thanks a lot, Tampa Bay. I appreciate that as a Mets fan. But, Will, I want to play a little game here to go off of what you said. I'm looking at the box score and the starting lineup from last night's loss to the Los Angeles Angels. I want you to tell me, stay or go. And I'm not talking about in the offseason. I'm not talking about then. I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about if you are Brian Cashman and you are deciding what you are going to eliminate from this team, what you are going to cut off, who's it going to be? So, Will, you ready to play that game? Let's let's play that game. All right, so we start with DJ LeMayhew. That's an easy one, right? He's going to stay. Luke Voigt, first base. I don't think Voigt's been bad. Uh, He's going to stay. Okay. Uh, Gary Sanchez. Now that's a, a, a big decision because Sanchez is your best hitter right now. Well, right now, yes, he's been on a tear. He's brought his batting average all the way up to 238. I have not seen Gary Sanchez bat 238 since the year he hit 40 home runs and hit if around he's going to, If he's going to 842 like, OPS, will it's good. It, if he's going to hit like this, I think they trade him in the offseason. Okay, Stanton. Now, this is comes with an asterisk because he's easier said than done. Do you regret the move? 
No. Everybody, like, people want to say, do you regret trading for Giancarlo Stanton? The Yankees gave up Starlin Castro. So it's like, more about if, the money. That's why you can't go over the luxury tax right now. You know, that's I, why you're so close to it, is what I mean. I get it, but at the same time, he's batting 270. He's producing. Yeah. yeah. So what do you say? Stay or go? You say you say stick with it? Because I know a lot of Yankee fans when they it. struggle, they point the finger at Stanton. You don't seem to be one of those. But uh, we'll move on here. Now, Glaber, Glaber is an interesting scenario. He's batting 242 right now, 638 OPS. Another down year from Glaber Torres, and he's giving you below average uh, defense at shortstop. Where do you go with Torres? I mean, do you look to move on from Torres? Or you do you just Torres. wait it out. They are done with Torres. They are done with Glaber Torres. Two years in a row, he can't hit 10 home runs in the season. It's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. He's a shell of himself. Get him off the team. Go get Trevor Story. Go get Corey Seager. What or, go those- get, or go get Luis Castillo, exactly like I said in the offseason. Remember that? I said, go trade Glaber uh, Torres for Luis Castillo. There's no team that needs a starting shortstop more right now on their roster than the Cincinnati Reds. And they are going to sell. They've been on the downhill for a very long time now. And yes, should the Yankees be confident that they can go out and they can get one of those prize shortstops in free agency? Yes, they definitely should. That's what makes Glaber Torres expendable. If you want to make something out of this year, if you want to build on that optimism that Al Steinbrenner really brought to that press conference and Aaron Boone seems to have after every destructive loss, then Go out and trade Gleyber Torres. Get Luis Castillo. Get another starter in there and make a run at this thing. Because let me tell you, Gleyber Torres is not going to bring more value to this team making a playoff run than Luis Castillo is. He's just not. So if that's a move that Brian Cashman could have made in the offseason and still could make now, I'd do that. Now, we get to the bottom half of the lineup, Will, and this is where it just you know completely falls apart. I'll name all four. Brett Gardner, Frazier, Miguel Andujar and Rufnet Odor. Will, my question for you, does any one of those four players stay even at the trade deadline? And do you not move Miguel Andujar or Clint Frazier because they got no value right now? Will, Clint Frazier is batting 186. Miguel Andujar is batting a much better 257, but he's playing left field and he looks like he has a blindfold on every single time he's in left field. That's how bad defensively he is over there. You know why? Because he's not a left fielder. Don't put him there. He's an infielder and he's one of your best bats. There are not a lot of bats batting above 257. In fact, there's one, two, two bats batting over 257, which Miguel Andohar hits. DJ LeMayu and Giancarlo Stanton. So what do you do with those four, Will? I do? think Cholo's going to go because LeMahieu could play a nice third base. And then you – I don't know because if they get rid of Torres, then you would have to put LeMahieu at second and somebody would have to play short, then our Cholo would stay. I really don't know. Again, this is all going to determine what they do going to the trade deadline. Well, I think that this move indicates that they are going to be more of a buyer than a seller. And, Will, there was one other thing I wanted to point out to you. Tim Castro is actually a very good defensive center fielder. So positionally, more than anything, that could be the reason why Cashman decided to make that move. And if he did, I like it. 
a center fielder with a lot of speed who can save you runs, help with the defensive run save. Will, if you're able to solidify that corner outfield spot, not named Aaron Judge. So you have Aaron Judge in his home right field. He doesn't have to play center field anymore. You have Tim LaCastro who can run like the wind and is very good defensively. And then in left field, you can figure it out. Is it Andujar? Is it Frazier? Is it Gardner? I don't know. But I wouldn't really hate so much on the LaCastro move as much as some people around the Yankees community is. You know, there is more to a player's value than batting average. Certainly the Yankees need as much hitting as they can get, but they just put 11 runs on the Angels the other day. They need defense more than anything. And with LaCastro, they got that. And playing center field is one thing that Tim LaCastro can do, but Tyler Wade cannot. So... I mean, I'll just leave that at that. I mean, if you look ahead for the New York Yankees, they meet the Mets. So our two favorite teams meeting one another. I'll run through the starting pitching matchup for each of those games. Friday, uh, the Mets are at Yankee Stadium. Tyjon Walker uh, looking to build on his 6-3 and record, 2.38 ERA, going up against uh, Jordan Montgomery, left-hander, 3-2 and with a 4.06. Montgomery has been one of the best pitchers for the Yankees this season, and with a 4 ERA, uh, that's saying something. Well, on Saturday, Marcus Stroman supposed to come back from the bereavement list. He goes up against Garrett Cole, who will Garrett Cole had one of his most uncharacteristic starts as a New York Yankee last time out against the Boston Red Sox. Will, what happened with Garrett Cole? And do you expect to see a similar pitcher like we saw in Boston or a pitcher that we saw before that shellacking in Boston against the Mets on Saturday? Because as a Yankee fan, you know how pivotal that start is. What could go wrong for the Yankees has gone wrong this year. It's just nothing has gone right. None of the none of the buttons pushed have gone right. For the you know, just want to put something out there. Marcus Stroman has a better ERA than Garrett Cole, and so does Tajon Walker. I mean, certainly Cole's ERA jumped up because of that game against against the Red Sox. But will he has to come out with a dominating performance on Saturday? Because will. This series is a, is a series that can help turn the Yankees season around. If the Yankees are able to go into their next series, having swept the Mets or taken two out of three against the Mets and split against the angels who are a very hot team. You got to be happy with that comparatively with what has happened before uh, with Aaron Boone and the Yankees, but continue about what you said about going wrong has gone wrong. And it's just nothing has gone right. Nothing has gone right for the Yankees. And it's been one of those years. How do you get beyond behind one of those years? Get rid of the manager in the offseason. That's a priority if they, if they miss the playoffs and revamp the roster. You don't need a drastic change. Keep Judge, keep Stanton, obviously, keep Voight, and those could be your power hitters. Get some contact hitters. LeMayhew's a contact hitter. Keep Urshilla, he's good there. You know, get a center fielder. Go out and get Trevor Story. I mean, and, Will, just looking ahead past uh, the Mets series, the Yankees, after that, go to three games in Seattle against the Mariners and then go to Houston to face the Astros before the All-Star break. Where's your confidence level facing those two teams after facing the Mets? So, after the All-Star break, the Yankees have eight of their first ten against the Boston Red Sox. That series is going to define their season. Okay. Seattle, I could see them beating handily because they're Seattle. Their offense is worse than the Yankees, if that's even possible. Right. But the eight, the first 10, uh, eight of the first 10 against Boston, that will define their season. It will. Yeah, 
You're absolutely right. They're already all at six against Boston, back-to-back sweeps. Well, well, I mean, I think that we can both sit here today uh, and realize that the Yankees are not going to win the American League East. I just don't think it's going to happen. Eight and a half games back uh, right now where this roster and where this team is uh, isn't going to happen. But, Will, if you can believe this, one of the teams the Yankees are chasing for the wild card is the Seattle Mariners. The Seattle Mariners and the New York Yankees the Yankees have a, the Mariners have a record of 42 and 39. The Yankees have a record of 41 and 39. That just goes to show you everything you need to know. One half through the season, pretty much Cleveland, who has no Francisco Lindor, Toronto, Seattle, who can't hit a lick, the Tampa Bay Rays, who everybody wrote off, and the Oakland Athletics, who everybody also wrote off, have a better record than the Yankees in the American League. I think that really tells you everything uh, that you need to know about this team. And for the Mets on the flip side, they face off against Atlanta, finishing up the series tonight at seven, three games set against the Yankees, which I hope they'll be able to get a couple of wins. And then they have a homestand uh, until the all-star break three against the Milwaukee Brewers who have been hot first place in the national league central and four against the Pittsburgh pirates. So if the Mets handle business tonight in Atlanta, in the Bronx at Yankee Stadium, and if they can win one out of three or two out of three against the Brewers, and then you got a series against the lowly Pittsburgh Pirates, which should send the Mets and their fans happy going into the All-Star break. Will, that will wrap up this episode of the Big Apple Baseball Podcast, but I want to mention one other thing that has nothing to do with the New York Mets or uh, the New York Yankees, and that is Trevor Bauer, who has been under investigation and is currently under investigation by the Pasadena Police Department in California uh, for alleged abuse allegations uh, from a woman that he had been seeing uh, since the middle of April. And these allegations include uh, very uh, disturbing uh, things, uh, including sexual uh, advances that Trevor Bauer made uh, with this woman. And there's potential that Bauer could have uh, some law enforcement issues. And his next start with the Los Angeles Dodgers is to be determined. And well, I just want to go back to something I said on the sensational sports trio, which we will get back to, uh, in, you know, very soon. But I said that there's a buyer's beware on Trevor Bauer. And I said, it wasn't just because of the numbers. It's not just because he had been on a downturn for a long time because he's pitched great this year. He's a head case. And you know what? Whether these allegations are true or whether they are not true, Trevor Bauer got himself into the news regarding stuff like this. He's been in L.A. He, he started texting this woman April 21st. He was How long was he in L.A.? He's in L.A. for like three weeks. He just came back from spring training. And he's you know doing this stuff. That's why I said buyers beware. And Will, I want to know what you think about the situation. But I also want to know, wouldn't that just be the most Mets thing ever if Trevor Bauer signed with the Mets and he's under investigation in New York like he is in Pasadena? You're muted. <laughs> it is Bobby Bonilla day. Um, so nothing's fitting right now for the Mets. Right. Um, it's it's a very bizarre story. If this is true, it's a sickening, sickening thing to do. But as everybody goes – Innocent until proven guilty. I mean, yeah. I would I be shocked if this was true? Unfortunately, no, because he has a track record of being a a, a head case. Um, but he has denied it. His agent said he didn't do it. Um, but from what it seems like, it's a very detailed description. Yes. So 
that's the scary part. Yeah, certainly. And we urge you to read the article on The Athletic. I'm sure you can find it on social media and Twitter. I am not going to go into the specifics on what the article mentioned, but it, like I said, it is very disturbing. And Will, I think you make a very good point when you say that you would believe this to be true if it was, in fact, a true story, which the you know, police department and investigators within Major League Baseball are still trying to figure out. And the main reason why you say that, Will, is because when you watch Trevor Bauer, he, emo- he evokes so much emotion. Can't you see that guy having anger get the best of him? And I'm not just saying in a sexual situation. I'm not just saying in that situation. But he just seems like a guy who is a ticking time bomb in his head. So, Will, like you said, I certainly agree with you. This behavior doesn't surprise me. I am very disappointed. I am disgusted by it. But that's exactly the reason I didn't want Trevor Bauer being a New York Met. And from my voice to whoever's ears that are listening to this, Trevor Bauer, thank you very much for screwing over Mets fans. We didn't want you in the first place. And this situation only intensifies that. But I'll leave it right there. The Yankees are in a tough spot. The Mets are also in a tough spot heading into the All-Star break. But baseball is 162-game season for a reason. We'll see where the Yankees are heading into the All-Star break right here on the Big Apple Baseball Podcast. Thanks for listening. Will Peshek and Liam Godmer. Until next time.